Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So in order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to pay attention to and hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that happen. And I would love to learn more about the audience. So go to PodSurvey, that's P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y, PodSurvey.com slash James, and take a quick totally anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers and and even content that you won't want to skip. So once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash James, J-A-M-E-S. Thanks for your help. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. What do you what do you think has been one of the biggest mistakes or lessons that you've acquired going through this process of kind of investing? Biggest mistake is thinking I am smart at something. So you're only really smart at what you've done yourself personally. And then you're a little bit smart uh, from the books you've read and so on. But, you know, really keeping in mind that you're always very stupid in every other area of life. And there are people who are experts and they're going to destroy you in investing. Mm -hmm. They're going to just eat you alive. So that's why investing in yourself to have access to be able to travel around, have time to talk to people so that you could find the smart people, see what they're doing, and then piggyback what they're doing. That's always the best investment. So when I actually make a cash investment in something, it's usually because I'm following someone who's 100 times smarter than me in that area. I think that's great. I think that's also a great philosophical just way to approach life. Hearing that said uh, recently as well, like you are special at maybe one thing, but you're not special at everything else. So it's okay to to, to double down on the thing that you're good at, but then realize the other 99.9% of things you're not, so don't act like you're the exception to the rule. I feel a little bit more. And even New York City a little more, or LA? New York City, I mean, I was in, I was in Texas, actually, and I was, I was talking to somebody who's like an investment guy for a lot of these tech dudes, and... I was kind of like, you know, my mom's like, oh, you made some money. You should like put some money in a pre-construction condo that'll open in a couple of years. It's a good investment. And then when I speak to him, he's like, you don't have any money, bro. You should be investing in Humble the Poet and only in Humble the Poet. And yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. He's like, you're not, you know, because, you know, net worth are a lot, things are a lot bigger here in scale and everyone's here about speeding it up. And recently I had a talk with another entrepreneur. He's like, you have to figure out your 10-year goal and then you got to figure out how to make it happen in two years. So I get it. And... So oh, you know what we should get we should do like a mini podcast just on this because I think this is outside the scope of this book. Yeah. But I think this is valuable. Are we recording? I've been recording. Okay. You made a little bit of money. What what happened next? 
So I thought, you know, let's, uh, you know, biggest fear is going broke again because I don't want to go broke again. And, uh, you know, started talking to people. And again, in my family with, with the Nearscope, my parents have invested in real estate. They just, you know, we live beside a college. They bought some houses, rented out the students, slow, boring money, but it works. And, you know, my mother was recommending, she's like, don't lose your money. So, you know, kind of putting a little bit of fear into me, you know, invest in pre-construction condos. And then I was in uh, Austin, Texas, and I was talking to a buddy who has a financial consulting firm. And he he works exclusively with like VCs and folks in tech. And then when explaining to him my situation, he's like, you don't have any money to invest. He goes, the only thing you should be investing in is in yourself and humble the poet. You know, he, he's so correct because, you know, people always say to me, oh, I have $2,000, $10,000, $50,000. What should I be investing in? And if you think about it, let's just take the $2,000 example. If you take an online photography course and then you're able to book, you know, for $2,000 and then you're able to book one wedding, yeah. you know, at a courthouse, like an elopement where you're going to do the photographs and you're going to charge $1,000, which is cheaper than any other photographer. You just made a 50% return yeah. on your investment probably within a few months. Yeah. So, you know, for each, you know, you can't, it's hard to invest $50 million into your own self, but like certainly, uh, you know, up to a certain order of magnitude, let's say up to a hundred thousand, 200,000, it's really important to just invest in yourself on your mom's suggestion. By the way, I'm intrigued that she said pre-construction condo because you get that bump in value once the construction is finished. Yeah. So that's a smart way to look at real estate. But again, you, the returns are much better if you just invest in yourself. Yeah. Uh, again, up to a certain amount. But people always think that that stocks are gonna be get rich quick. They they are even Warren Buffett made money on the fees he charges people rather than he didn't he didn't he didn't get rich on just the returns on stocks. It, yeah. was, it was also on the fees on all the billions of dollars people invested with him. And uh, uh, it's the same thing for venture capitalists. You yeah. know, unless you're in like the one. Uh, investment of a decade out of millions. Like an, if you're in an Uber, you can get rich with just a few thousand dollars, but you know, six people did that. And, uh, you know, I think that's an important role of investing for each, for who you are and for each scale size of an investment. Always you have to ask is the best investment in myself as opposed to other things or other people or other ideas. So that guy had good advice for you. Yeah. And I think for me is also just about the education. Like I, I was speaking to a friend who, um, he had a web design company that was eventually purchased by Shopify, and now he, he's a higher up there. And I said, if you can do anything different, what would you do? And he goes, I'd use uh, other people's money to, to have grown my business. And I was just thinking about that idea, and I said, if somebody, you know, let's say if you came up to me and said, listen, I love Humble the Poet, here's a million dollars. I'm still in the phase where I was like, what would I do with the million dollars? Well, you know, I had a web design business myself, yeah. and people were always trying to invest, and I said, no, we never raised a dime. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that I didn't raise a dime because then I was able to keep total control. I didn't have to, you know, once when you're running your own company, mm -hmm. you think you're the boss, but actually you're the lowest person on the totem pole. Your employees have actually more power than you. Your customers have more power than you. Your partners have more power than you. And your investors have more power than you. Yeah. So, so the more of that you take on, the, the lower down you are and the least the less decision-making power you have. But one mistake I made, and maybe your friend with the web design business might've made the same mistake. If you're providing a service in a business, 
it's always of less value than if you make a product. So if I had made, or if your friend had made a product that makes web design easier, mm-hmm. he would have sold for, because that because software is more scalable. Yeah. He would have sold for a higher amount to Shopify. I would have sold a higher. I, you know, I was profitable because I was just providing a service. I didn't have a product that I had to invest in to build. Yeah. So that's the only reason to take in money is if you're going to build something that scales. But that requires a whole skill set. You have to know how to build something. Yeah. Which, you, you know. You know how to build the things that you've been building, yeah. but building a product is a whole different skill set that people don't realize requires that skill. Yeah, com- completely. And I think that, and he, you know, he also went as far as say, even when he started his company, he's like, you know, we were just a couple of young guys, and because our policy was keep three months of uh, uh, costs in the bank and everything else invested back into the company. And I'm like, well, how did you invest it back? He goes through new hires, and that became a constant theme I've been hearing with people is new hires. He's like, if you got an extra hundred grand lying around, hire somebody worth a hundred grand. And I was just like, hire them for what? And then really, and then that required me to kind of really dissect what I've been doing, what's been working, what I would like to do and how I could find somebody outside of my uh, assistants who are, who are college kids, you know, to help me take things to the next level. So I'm fortunate. My sister's an MBA and she's a consultant for some of the banks and airlines and stuff like that. So she just sat me down recently and kind of gave me the the once over. I think it's called a, stress, a strategy session or what have you. So I learned the concept of critical pathways. What's uh, what's the what's the concept of critical pathways? Uh, so you might have seven different things that might be taking you to your goal, whether your goal is making a certain amount of money, having a certain lifestyle, or what have you. And she's like, well, what is the most critical one that if this fell off or this became damaged, you know, everything else would start to suffer from that. So for me, just kind of being like, okay, well, I, I earn from, you know, I, I, I write books, I, I make music, I design clothes, I, I do speaking, I, uh, I'm an influencer, I have all these different things. And she's like, well, what are the things that if they went away tomorrow, things would be a lot more difficult? And I was like, okay, well, you know, right now those book advance checks are pretty big and they put me in a position which gave me leverage in my music deals because I could have made the music myself and didn't need anybody's money. Um, but also, you know, as my social media grows, that always serves as leverage in any deal because I'm, I'm coming in with a built-in uh, marketing apparatus. Um, so I was like, okay, she's like, well, let's focus on those. Let's give those your 80% and all these other things. Let's start with those with your 20% until you can start finding talented people that kind of run, run these elements of your ship. Right. So she kind of said basically a similar thing, which is that the, with this extra money, invest in yourself. Yeah. You have the leverage, you're able to invest in yourself by having more leverage in the music deals and more time to focus on creating things that are quality enough to put on your social media and it becomes this virtuous cycle. Whereas if you invested in a condo or or put everything into some tech deal that will give you sleepless nights because it's going to take nine years, the typical investment, if it's a good investment, could take seven to 10 years yeah. before you ever see that money again, you yeah. know, even if it works, you know, yeah. that's if it works. So, you know, that was, that was good advice. I think enough young people, you know, or just enough people don't starting out and first getting money don't realize these critical things. Money is like an energy. And the first thing you need to energize is yourself to make more money. Yeah, completely. So, completely. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life 
so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still, to this day, get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be... VP of en entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like, I'd rather do anything then go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use 
Hims. Hims, H I M S, Hims is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely gonna use Hims from now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at Hims dot com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. And I think it, it also made me realize, like, just even going from generation to generation, just even on the train over here, talking to a friend about... You know, our parents came from a different country and they had a, a, a finite amount of tools or access to tools. And, you know, as when we were younger, we might have held that against them, saying, you know, my parents guilted me too much or my parents pressured me to do things and become a doctor, lawyer, and engineer. But that's what was in their scope. And being born and raised in North America, having much more access to tools. We may not just come out the box knowing all these new things. So in my family, I'm one of the first entrepreneurs, let alone an artist. I'm just one of the first entrepreneurs. So... You know, even my mother's advice of real estate is safe and 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 secure. You know, is based on that's as much as she knows. She doesn't know any, but she she's a homemaker herself. She doesn't, you know, and that's what she she realizes. And and credit to them. You know, my father paid off a mortgage on a house as a cab driver, and he paid it off in like 10, 15 years. And and, and you know, again, as a, as an as an entrepreneur, what it seems like you understand instinctively is that there's kind of the 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 hub at the core at the center which is you know your your writing skills your music skills uh your social media skills and so on but then there's all the spokes and mm. in order for the bicycle to ride all those spokes have to be functional yes and if you kind of take away some spokes to put it all i'm going to do something completely different like participate in a real estate deal the bike might not ride completely <laughs> you won't get where you want to go completely and and i think it's also been such a I'm starting to realize how much it does align with my values. I think I've, you know, in my previous life, I was an elementary school teacher. And the reason I wanted to be a teacher was I wanted to work in a position where I could do it for 30 years and never say two days were the same or I've seen it all. I wanted to be in a situation of lifelong learning. And to hear, you know, when my sister was giving me this strategy session, she, she kept referring to it as iterative learning. She goes, listen, you're never going to have it all figured out. You know, the, 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 the more you accomplish, the more challenges you're going to face. And, and with that, you're going to have to learn new skills, skill sets, and mindsets. And I realized that where it's still that combination of unlearning old things. So for me, um, unlearning the idea that artists aren't allowed to make money without being called a sellout. And being like, no, you know, uh, Andy Warhol said business is one of the most interesting types of art. 
and taking it from that perspective, being like, no, it's 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 important to earn. It's important to create resources to maximize impact and and even selfishly live the life I want to live, which is, you know, having new experiences, being around new people, uh, getting exposure to thought leaders, and that requires a level of access, a level of income, having time to be here in the middle of the day with you. You know, that that in itself requires a resource. Um, so it, it's gotten me really excited. And I mean, I think the, the little level of, of anxiety that comes with like, well, what who would be my next hire? Because currently I, I've only employed students that are setting my schedule and doing my calendar and, and making sure my social media doesn't fall apart. And now it's like, well, you know, maybe we're going to have to get somebody or headhunt somebody from a company or some sort of like that. So it's an exciting uh, and daunting challenge, but I guess that's how it's supposed to be. But I would be careful about that too. Like yeah. take a very long time to hire. Okay. Make sure you're absolutely just bursting so that if you don't have that just right person, you know, you're going to explode because the worst thing is, uh, there's an example from uh, chess, I, I hate to say it. So Bobby Fischer uh, was the world chess champion in 1972, the only American world chess champion ever. And uh, whenever two chess champions play with each other, they bring a team of what they call seconds, like in fencing, you have a second. Yeah. And you know someone to kind of help you out, analyze uh, adjourned games when you sleep, and so on. And uh, Bobby Fischer never had a second with him. He was the only player at that level to never have a, a, a number two. And people would ask him, why don't you have a second? And he said, uh, because I hate giving chess lessons in the middle of the world championship. So you really need to make sure this is the right, that's a big move. You really need to make sure that, you know, you can't take care of everything yourself. Like, yes, you're, it sounds like you're taking care of the things that you really need to delegate yeah. and, and don't want to do yourself. But each one after this is very uh, a critical life decision because yeah. you know there's a saying a faster way to say this is hire slow fire fast. That's exactly what I was thinking in my head. Hire slow fire fast. That's the one I've been learning. And again, even that shedding my Canadian sensibility so I can fire fast. And that yeah. is kind of you know because the teacher in me always is like when you when you're working with a student and they don't get it, you immediately think, well, what didn't I do correctly? And then I, and I've seen that even with my employees if they make a mistake. Um, oftentimes I'll be like, well, did I communicate it to them clearly? Did I spend enough time training them? I'm always on the road. So most of the time that we're having work sessions is via Skype or, you know, Google Hangouts and really trying to realize, but always remembering, and I, and I heard this from Derek Sivers, uh, audio book. It was, you know, to create your business is like creating your own utopia. Like you get to kind of set the tone of how you, this is your little piece of world and how you want it to be. That's a really good point. And actually that's related to some one of the things I want to talk about in your new book. So let's we'll end this session of uh uh humble the poet and investing. Probably not a, <laughs> a, a thing you would realize would be the topic of an entire mini podcast. I'll just ask you a question though, if 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 you have any questions for me on investing. Not that I have great answers, but you know, you're new to this and I'm bad at it, so maybe I could help you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um I think especially, I think just recently learned, and again, coming from a blue collar family and, you know, being told, you know, there's, there's working for your money and then there's, uh, you know, working for other people, working for yourself. And now I'm learning that investing is, is another way to kind of generate wealth and learning how the United States kind of really provides a lot of privilege to folks in that arena. Um, but the level of access to education doesn't seem to be there in any formal sense. What do you what do you think has been, I guess, 
vaguely, what has been one of the biggest mistakes or lessons that you've acquired going through this process of kind of investing? Biggest mistake is thinking I am smart at something. <laughs> so mm. you're only really smart at what you've done yourself personally. And then you're a little bit smart uh, from the books you've read and, and uh, uh, you know, the experiences you've had and so on. But, you know, really keeping in mind that you're always very stupid in every other area of life. And there are people who are experts and they're going to destroy you in investing. Mm -hmm. They're going to just eat you alive. So that's why investing in yourself, uh, you mentioned it, investing in yourself to have access, to be able to travel around, to have time to talk to people so that you could find the smart people, see what they're doing, and then piggyback what they're doing. That's always that's always the best investment. So when I actually make a cash investment in something, it's usually because I'm following someone who's a hundred times smarter than me in that area. Or if I see someone like me and I look at how they grew, uh, I could see, okay, they didn't, they didn't grow. They didn't suddenly write a book and then make all their money by investing in Google. They invested in themselves and they, they wrote another, uh, book or they gave talks or they started a podcast or they spent more time on their YouTube channel. Uh, you know, they, they built that, you know, hub and spokes and wheel approach around themselves. Because again, for a long time, the best investment is going to be in yourself so that you could build that network so that your other investments, the ones you don't enjoy, you could follow someone who's smart. Like you're not a real estate expert. Yeah. So you would just, your only strategy there is if you had surplus money that you weren't going to use to invest in yourself. And by the way, that would be a big number. If you had surplus money, then you just find, you find someone who is the expert, maybe your mom. And you say, mom, here's some money. Just put it in your next pre-condo, pre-construction condo. Yeah. And every day I have to wake up and tell myself, I am stupid at every area of life, even most areas include that that do involve me, and so I, it keeps keeps me humble, as in your name, yeah. and it, it it prevents me from making more bad investment decisions than I have in the past. I think that's great. I think that's also a great philosophical just way to approach life. I think it's uh, hearing that said uh, recently as well. Like you are special at maybe one thing, but you're not special at everything else. So it's okay to. To, to double down on the thing that you're good at, but then realize the other 99.9% of things you're not. So don't act like you're the exception to the rule. Right. And I think there's the tendency when you succeed at one thing, you get some, some people saying, oh my gosh, humble, your book was so great. You're a genius. Those are the most dangerous words somebody could yeah. say to you because, oh, if I'm a genius, then I can do other things yeah. that I've never done before because I'm such a genius that these people said so. And that's how you lose all your money. Yeah. You're like, oh, you like me because I'm a great writer? Well, you should also drive a Kia. Yeah. Hashtag ad. Like, yeah. So, all right. Well, Hubble the Poet on investing. And now we're going to switch to a podcast about his brand new book, which is called Things No One Else Can Teach Us. 